Hey everybody. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome back to another episode of the Sex Talk. I'm so grateful that you are tuning in today. I'm your host, Sunny, and this is part two of a two-part conversation, polyamory. Um, And last week, we covered a lot of questions, definitions, statistics, and think pieces, um, and facts from studies and researchers and things like that. And so we're just going to continue that conversation and go from there. And like like I always say, um, the conversation doesn't stop here. Thank you to everybody who has been reaching out, um, engaging with our posts on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and Facebook, and via email. Thank you for everybody who is reaching out and continuing the conversation with myself or your peers. You know, we might not ever talk before or know each other, and that's okay as long as we're continuing the conversation and asking and having conversations with our peers about what we think about these things and creating a culture of uh, having a more normalized conversation around sex, sexuality, and sensuality. Okay, so yes, I'm your host, Sunny. I'm 30 years old. My pronouns are she, her. My orientation is queer. I'm black. I and my relationship to the topic, like I said last week, we're going to get into it and we definitely are going to get into it a little more into this episode as well. Okay, and something I do want to say is I know in multiple episodes I've gone I've gone back and forth a little bit about my feelings about polyamory personally uh, for my own life. Uh, But, you know, it's a journey and I, I like to be open and transparent with the people or in close proximity with me whether it's platonic or romantic or sexual or sensual whatever it is um whoever's involved knows what's going on and we just stay consistent okay if you want to support the sex talk please continue to do so or start doing so by following our social media engaging with our posts sharing our content and if you want to donate via cash app or venmo it is e-l-l-t-e-e-s-u-n-n-i-e if you don't have cash app or venmo and you want to send a monetary gift a different way please email us at the sex talk tv at gmail.com t-h-e-s-e-x-t-a-l-k-t-v at gmail.com and just reach out on one of the social media platforms. We'll get right to you. Okay. All right. All right. All right. And so, like I said, we d- we discussed a lot. And if if this is the episode you're tuning in on and you want a little more context of how this conversation was set up, go ahead, pause this episode, go back to part one. Listen to that one because this one ain't going nowhere. Okay. Okay. So let's get into um so y'all know I like to talk about boundaries, okay? Uh, and I like to talk about advocating for your needs. Those two things are very, very, very important. Just unpacking your needs and unpacking your boundaries is um, very important work to um, assure a healthy trajectory for any relationship you're in, okay? And so I think that a very important, uh, I think, uh, you know, it's assessing your needs and advocating for your needs are very important in any relationship. And they, they include but are not limited to personal needs, emotional needs, time needs, and sexual needs. Um, some people uh, might be in a relationship where they exchange and share finances and things like that. It's a whole nother world that I feel all people should be careful and mindful in, you know, but I feel like, you know, the better you know someone and the more you spend time with them, build trust and establish your needs and understanding of those things, then you can get deeper in those in those other things. But I like to talk about personal, emotional time and sexual needs, okay? Um, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's just really important to talk to your partner or partners or talk to yourself about those needs. Um, one example I would like to give about time needs is scheduling. Okay. So when you're in relationship with other people, 
and you um, are spending time with them or you're in a relationship with multiple people scheduling is very 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 important okay um i have multiple friends including myself who have different conflicting and busy schedules and what's really important to me is that when we want to do something we plan ahead we have a you know a time block out which is also a time boundary as well right so we'll do this from four to six on this day and this time and we'll lock it into our um calendar and that way you know that you you got it locked in and you prioritize your time with that person or those people and you get to move on Okay, emotional needs make me think of, uh, maybe think of love languages. Okay, um, everybody's love language is different, and I think it's important to know your own love language so that you're not trying to, you know, just be be aware that sometimes people give their love love language to other people because that's what they want. When it's like your love language could be quality time. In my love language could be acts of service, but you're giving me quality time because that's what you want. When really my love language is act of service, at least my top, right? Just giving an example. And you don't feel like I um, am being, what's the word, grateful. And you don't feel like we're connecting. You don't feel like this and that, blah, blah, blah. It's because you're giving me something that's I didn't ask for. Okay, it's not computing. Sometimes people can't compute the love that you're giving them because they, that's not their language or channel. Okay, or maybe they're not interested. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we talk a lot about sexual needs. Be very clear. We talked about this in a few, epi- a few episodes ago, I think, in Attachment Theory, about um, sexual needs. Um, some people are m- more into intimacy. Some people are more into casual sex. Some people are more into lovemaking, um, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. Um, some people really like uh, foreplay. Some people like uh, penetration. Some people like anal. Some people like toys. Some people like role play. Some people like all the things, right? So when you're different, when you're dealing with other people and other groups of people, it's really important to have these things intact for yourself and others, so that you can get your needs met, get other, meet other people's needs. Uh, because you know a relationship is about reciprocity and a lot of different elements and just make sure it's you know it's it's fair it's equal it's safe um we're all well educated on one another right right what do you think about that are you aware of your sexual needs are you aware of your time needs emotional needs and personal needs etc also another example i want to give is like uh with time needs there might be now here's the thing okay it's really important to get to know your people that are around you and the people that you're trying to build polyamorous relationships with or friendships whatever right because say say one person has a really uh busy schedule and the other one has a very flexible schedule and the one that has a busy schedule their time is limited so it means more to them for them to share it with someone else okay and it's not like the time commitment is not as big of a deal as the other person because they're more flexible like if we don't get together today we can get together on saturday it's important to keep those things in mind and you know maybe be mindful of the fact that maybe this person has a class and they volunteer after class and then they got a full-time job and a part-time job because of all these different reasons and then they find time to spend time with you that that time means a lot to them i'm sure you know what I'm saying? As for the other person, maybe they just work one job and they have, you know what I'm saying, things that they do on the weekend. They're just chilling, might not be in school, whatever. They don't have extracurricular activities. It's different, right? So time time are, is really important. Quality time, like actual time, time needs are really important. So just ask those questions and be mindful. Um... Uh, I definitely, I like to keep a whiteboard up. Um, I actually currently don't have one up right now, but I, uh, I actually have multiple, I have multiple whiteboards 
and I took them down for different reasons. But anyway, um, I like to put people on my my uh, in my phone calendar and in my whiteboard calendar so that when they're visiting, they can see, hey, your name is up there because I'm prioritizing my time with you. OK, number one. Number two is your name is surrounded by other things. So I want to make sure that I'm getting to each thing and um, I'm taking care of it and I'm getting to the next thing on time, including you. I'm spending time with you. You're on my calendar. You can see it visually. You can see that we decided to spend time together on this day and I prioritize it. Okay, get people in your schedule, especially people who are very organized. I know me personally, I like to be as organized as I possibly can and know what I'm doing start to finish um, so that I can, you know, uh, reduce anxiety and be aware of how I need to prep for the next thing. Okay, <laughs> what do you think about that? And so when we come to boundaries, we, we have a whole conversation about boundaries, uh, communication boundaries, time boundaries, emotional boundaries, physical boundaries and sexual boundaries communication boundaries an example i want to give with that one when it comes to relationship is that for example um i had a friend that i was involved with and their their other partner they weren't necessarily seeing eye to eye and that that friend vented to me about them a, a little too much and i had to let them know at one point hey let's not talk about your other relationship let's not talk about your other person right um I think you should take that to them or your, uh, you know, outside people, um, because I don't know that person. And should I be in public with them or we run into each other? I don't want to have this preconceived notion about them or whatever. Like, I just want what you guys got. Um, I just want what you guys got going on to stay confidential and private. And I don't want to be influenced by your thoughts and feelings because your thoughts and feelings can change. And that's your experience. Right. Um, but uh, establishing communication boundaries with people's uh, conversational boundaries as well um, with folks is something that I've had to learn in these last few years. And it really reduces my own anxiety. And, you know, it just it just protects confidence, you know, with other relationships. Um, because a lot of stuff is not our business. And some people, sometimes people just get a little too comfortable sharing. They just throw up at the mouth, especially when they feel like they're holding their feelings in or they feel unheard from other parties, you know, which is fair. And, and that's why I encourage people to seek professional help um, because I know that it helps me. And sometimes I just, in my therapy sessions, sometimes I tell the same story over and over and over, um, you know, uh, time and time again. And, and then I'm like, okay, I said it, I said it enough and I'm okay. I, I just had to get it out. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, conversation boundaries and time boundaries, letting people know. So, there's, you know, like, uh, for example, say you're collaborating on a task with someone. Let them know, like, hey, this task typically takes two to four hours and I only have one hour to share so let's let's get to this right just being organized i think all these things when it comes to needs and boundaries i think it's really important to just be be aware self-aware what you need from your people and yourself get in get out move on you know what i'm saying <laughs> i mean but that's me that's my lens that's me and my lens what do you think about that um i know uh I know that something that I do want to share is that um, there's been times where I've, I've allowed people to take up a lot of my time. And the thing about it is I found myself being upset with them. But when I took really to, uh, when I took time to sit down and reflect, um, it, my time and energy is my responsibility to distribute it or conserve it the way that I see fit. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why it's really important for me to share. It's okay to have boundaries. It's okay to have time boundaries and communicate them and let people know like, hey, we're hanging out from four to six today. And at 545, you should be packing up and heading out respectfully. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, okay. And it's all up, you know, and that way you, you honor yourself and you honor the, and you have that boundaries, boundaries, protect relationships, boundaries, share love for the relationship. It lets you know, like, Hey, you're skirting on a, a, a the, hey, you're getting, you're skating on thin ice. And I think you should skate somewhere else because it's, you're going to fall in, in the water in a second. 
um, but because I'm trying to protect what we got going on. So anyway, what do you think about that? Now, um, self-disclosure, before I began to entertain an interest in polyamory or ethical non-monogamy, I talked to um, my godmom uh, about, I talk, first talked to my godmom and my therapist about it, and I journaled about it um, for about a year before I began uh, seeking potential partners or just opening up my interests and like looking into you know seeing what was what the community was like uh and things like that both my therapist and godmom asked me a series of questions to help me think about my personal decision making and now in episode one i did ask a list of questions and some of those questions did come from my godmom and therapist um and some of them were my own um questions that I developed from my own experiential knowledge and um, conversations I've had with other polyamorous peers or ethical non-monogamous peers okay so me personally I had to redirect and heal and reframe my thought process and her posture multiple times before I ever uttered to platonic friends that I was interested in poly of any sort and it is a lot of work and I highly suggest you do the work if you want to have healthy relationships with yourself and others and a positive sexual experience now if you don't want to have a healthy relationship with yourself and others, then I'm not talking to you. Okay? Because that's you and that's not a that's not a dig at anyone. Some people just want to have uh multiple sexual partners and that be that the 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 state of that relationship or the lack thereof doesn't really matter to them. This is this is why I think it's really important to have conversations and ask people like, hey, where is your head at? Because there's people who right now, right now or maybe forever, they're into hooking up and that's it. Start and finish. You and don't try to change their mind. Please, I promise oh my God, please. If uh, please, whoever is listening to this, if you think that you can love somebody into a relationship or love somebody into polyamory or love somebody into monogamy, stop while you're ahead, please. Every book, article, conversation I've ever had, any, any re, re, the results turn to the person who thought they could love somebody into whatever, love somebody into their potential. That person who thought that ended up hurt. Because a person who is, people are in their process, let them do them. Let people be them, okay? Love people for who they are, where they are right now, and have your needs and your boundaries um, figured out for yourself so that when you can enter your, the relationship or the situation, you can advocate for yourself, get your needs met, and keep it pushing, okay? You got motherfuckers who be like, oh, yeah, you know, fucking around. You looking for a long-term relationship and the person that you fucking with is in the hookups and they're not looking for nothing long-term. You spend a lot of time with them. You spend a lot of money on them. You give them a lot of your uh, resource, whatever, whatever. And then they're done. And then they move on within a, in a heartbeat. And that person is stuck, resenting, upset, like this and that, blah, blah, blah. That motherfucker told you. They told you straight up, this is what's going on. So why are you upset? Why are you mad at me? I told you what this was. You chose to give me that time. You chose to pay for that dinner. You chose to give me that gift. You chose to let me come spend the night and use your toilet paper. (laughs) You made a choice, okay? Everybody has choices. Everybody has choices, right? So ask those direct questions. And if people don't want to, if people don't want to be honest and straight up with you um, and tell you what's up, is that really a motherfucker you want to deal with? Is that person worth your time? I think lying is such, is so cowardice. I think lying is, is like snaky ass behavior. And it's like, that's weak. Like that's some weak ass shit to lie to people and waste their time. I think liars are just liars are whack they're weak and if you're if you're a liar we ain't look i don't fuck with liars and i say that often you should know that by now but um i don't fuck with liars i think lying is very cowardice and not being who you are is just really sneaky and it's it's childish it's really childish and adolescent and it's adolescent and i think that um when you can't be who you are and you just love drama i just i'm just gonna make that blanket statement about people who lie you love drama you're childish and you're a coward and you have no backbone and you have no sense of self and you should just um go somewhere and be by yourself and stop wasting people's time or if you if you if you're a liar and you fuck with other liars then stay in the lying community 
If you're a liar, go to the lying community. Y'all can lie to each other. And you'll have what you need there. (laughs) And I don't feel bad about anything I just said. Okay, so anyway, let's get into the National Library of Medicine. And so uh, the National Library of Medicine did a study and what they about folks in polyamorous relationships um, as uh, as far as like the number of folks that they researched or studied and the place. I don't know if this was worldwide or just uh, the United States. I don't have that information, Um, but um, their results showed that one in six people about 16% desire, 16% out of 100%, right? However many people um, desire to engage in polyamory and one out of nine people, about 10.7% have engaged in polyamory at some point during their life. Now, this is consistent. The numbers being low and um, the numbers being low and uh, dominated by white heterosexual folks. Uh, I want to... white heterosexual and people who uh uh, pursued higher education they're highly represented in these studies that i were looking for i was looking for and i was chopping it up with uh my aunt the other night about um the polyamory conversations and things like that and i was basically sharing my thoughts about it and and as of right now it's just a little it was just a little difficult for me to find um stats for black and brown folks who are practicing polyamory my personal take on it is uh you know uh black uh black descendants of slaves typically had a uh what's the word i'm looking for a heavy introduction and indoctrination into christian culture that's number one number two sexuality christian and sexual christianity and sexuality uh that's number two number three um, black culture, hip hop culture, we're still growing, we're still building, you know, like all these different things and sexual politics in the black community is changing. Um, and all these different things as we become more liberated in our bodies and all this other stuff. And so I don't, I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong and, and send me resources. If you hear this and you're like, Oh, I know this thing. And I know this study that happened in this place. And there's this book about it. Right. But, um, I think it's fairly new. Like like we said in our last conversation, the word in itself, polyamory, was coined about 32 years ago. And um, and in the last few years, I've been hearing me personally the term ethical non-monogamy. Okay. And, and also on top of that, we make 13.4% of the United States population. And so I think that our stats and our experience and our stories are going to take a little more time. Also, given the deconstructing of uh, systemic racism, white supremacy, um, censorship of black and brown bodies, trauma and uh, deconstructing religion and Christianity out of ourselves and figuring out what we believe in spiritually as a people and all that jazz. And also hip hop culture. It was birthed in every ism that you could possibly think of. Okay, so (laughs) we're working on it. So I just want to say, I just want to preface that when I'm reading these stats, majority is uh, white, white folks that these numbers were used to calculate and shit like that. What do you think about that? <laughs> okay, so pro- approximately one in f- out of fifteen people, six point five percent, reported that they knew someone who was be who has been in, um, c- or is currently engaged in polyamory. Among participants who were not personally interested in polyamory, one out of seven, about fourteen percent, indicated that they respect people who engage in polyamory. That's great. One out of seven people. <laughs> um, and that's another thing I'm going to say is that I think that I think that the people the people that I've engaged with, uh, specifically black and brown folks, um, disclosure, I, I haven't dated any white people. Uh, and the one person like I talked about in our uh, previous conversation about interracial relationships, the white woman that I did date, I thought she was Mexican when we met. And so that just goes to show that I I personally have not been attracted to white people in a romantic sense um, and things like that. Um, However, uh, I think that it is the the black, the black and brown folks that I have, you know, uh, pursued uh, romantically 
their sexual politics and their education on um, non-monogamy. Now, now I've, I haven't dated a million people, so I can't say that, you know, like my personal experience, experiential knowledge is so vast, right? Because <laughs> I only know so many people and have engaged with so many people. Uh, specifically black and brown folks, but the the sexual politics, the uh, sexual education, own personal identity and exploration and um, information surrounding polyamory is limited. Um, And typically I was the only, I was the main one that had the information that I shared with those folks and things like that. So, you know, like the door is always still open to have these conversations with those folks because, you know, it is what it is. But I'm actually, I'm actively pursuing this information for myself. And there's even people who are in polyamorous relationships that don't even know this information, right? Um, for whatever reason, it's none of my, you know, it is what it is, but that's what, but these, these things that I'm saying is the reason why I think it's important to have these conversations. And also, What I think today is definitely going to change in 365 days from now. And so, um, you know, come back to this conversation in a year. I'll probably know more people who know more things and have more experiences and have more numbers. Right. So there's that. What do you think about that? (laughs) Okay. Um, So. Yeah. Yeah. So it also does say from the National Library of Medicine, sexual minorities, men, and younger adults reported greater desire to engage in polyamory compared to heterosexuals, women, older adults, um, respectively. That's what it's saying there. Um, info. And then men and people with lower education backgrounds were more likely to have previously engaged in polyamory compared to women and people with higher education backgrounds. And also it says, given that emotional and sexual intimacy is an important part of most people's lives, understanding the varied uh, ways in which people navigate their intimate lives is critical for the fields of relationships, sexuality and family science. Uh, And I think that I think that uh, polyamory and ethical non-monogamy is important for black and brown folks, especially because our bodies have been so over sexualized and censored and shoved into these boxes. You know, I think that uh, white people have privilege all across the board especially with sexuality liberation of their bodies and things like that and so uh when it comes to these things when it comes to education access finances all the things um exploration is limited for black and brown folks because of a number of different things that we've talked about on this on this podcast right um (laughs) and so yeah uh when it comes to when it comes to uh sexual intimacy and emotional intimacy I think it's very scary for also like here's what I'm gonna say um I was talking to someone the other night and I was basically explaining that um my relationship with black men as of these last few years of my life now that I have uh, you know, serious platonic long-term friendships with black men in particular, I found myself having so much love. Like I have love, I love my black male friends and that is scary. It's very intimate. It's emotionally intimate. And it is scary for me because of the possibility of them dying by gun violence, uh, police brutality or even gun violence or whatever you write the condition of society right now and the races racism that we face. And so it is scary to be in love with black men because of uh it's it's foreign it's new it's it's healthy it's it's a healthy new it's a healthy foreign and it's a scary it's like an honest scare a fear uh, that they could uh die by these by not even by their own doing like it you know what i'm saying so that's really scary um and so emotional and sexual intimacy is definitely very 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 much different for black and brown folks and um i like to believe that the people that i've engaged with in uh in a sexual sense or uh emotional sense and when it comes to like my 
idea of polyamory and ethical non-monogamy in this time in my life, I think it's important to allow what I've told the people that I've engaged with is that I want you to see whatever it is, see it through. And I want you to partner with me. I want to see, I want to see this through with you. And I don't want you to feel suffocated. I don't want you to feel, um, censored i don't want you to feel limited in your ability to love and express love to myself or others right and so that's a way 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 new way of thinking than what i was raised love is raised to believe that love is or how it's practiced or the lack thereof and things like that can you relate what do you think about that mhm mhm okay uh, okay, so then Psychology Today also did a study or a few on um, <laughs> polyamory, and they they surveyed in this specific in this specific uh, thing thing. They surveyed three hundred and forty coupled folks, so adults. So a researcher from Psychology Today conducted a survey of three hundred forty coupled adults, including. I mean, involved in consensually open relationships. So they all ranged in the age from 18 to 71, and the average was 34. Most, most about 88% identify as male and female, but 9% were transgender slash non-binary. So there was an overrepresentation of cishet folks, cishet um, white folks. And then the whites accounted for 93% of the, the respondents overrepresentation okay and three quarters three quarters had education beyond high school um more than the nation more than the nation as a whole Uh uh-huh and these numbers weren't as like crazy close to have like uh a ridiculous amount of numbers to be like this is it this is it across the united states but you know like uh the researcher is basically identifying that you know it's a it's a large enough group to find some like have credible findings within the research okay so 45 percent of those folks had primary or secondary relationships and the two primary partners agreed one or one or both could explore other less committed relationships um, and 34% claimed multiple primary open relationships. All participants were free to make their own decisions about all their relationships. Okay. Um, and so here's what I'm going to say about this. Um, when it comes to this love style, like I said, I've been doing research on it for like two, two and a half years and having my own experiential knowledge outside of like what I've read in books and shit and podcasts and conversations I've had. I think that it's important to love people this way in general. <laughs> I think it's important to love people freely in all in all ways, right? Um, it's an opportunity to practice trust. It's an opportunity to um, build a better relationship with jealousy and comparison and see what you're made of, okay? So I'm going to get into that, why I think that a little more later in the notes and stuff like that, but... Like I say, and like I said in our first ever episode, I believe relationship is relationship. We add the label and the level of intimacy. And so when it comes to this love style of having many loves, I think it's really powerful to love folks um, and allow them to make the decisions that their heart desires and make sure you have a healthy foundation with them um, and, and have an open mind to the way that they might express themselves and things like that. But I digress. Maybe I'm thinking too big. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about that? Um. So, yeah. 17% of these folks favored multi-primary uh, arrangements. Everyone in all relationships considered them equally important. With decisions ideally made by consensus and failing that using pre-negotiated ground rules. See what I'm saying? This is why it's important to have upfront conversations head on. Okay. Three percent, three percent per uh, profess multiple non-primary arrangements. They considered themselves single, but had two or more ongoing intimate relationships. Respondents said they had been 
uh, polyamorous for an average of eight years, ranging from just started to 55 years. And so the 340 participants reported involvement in 758 relationships, 2.3 per person, one quarter, about 26% considered themselves polyamorous, but were involved with one only one other person. How long did all these relationships last? You might ask. The primaries and, and the for the primaries, an average of eight years. The secondaries, an average of five years. Um, but twenty percent have been together a decade or longer. And so I just want to reiterate that majority of these people were white, and um, that a number of them have uh, pursued higher education and most likely have access, resource, property, all the things. And so those things change, you know what I'm saying? Those things change the impact and intimacy and freedom you can have in a relationship and things like that. So imagine if the majority of these people lived in apartments and they did not, you know, they they were working regular jobs that didn't necessarily have a salary or great benefits and shit like that. Really short term, right? It's a difference. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) These are just facts. Don't shoot the messenger. Okay. So let's get into the types of polyamory uh, relationships there are. Okay. What type of polyamorous relationship are you looking for? Now there's a V, triad, quad, hierarchical, polyamory, non-hierarchical, and solo polyamory which v a v is a relationship that involves one person who is dating two people who are not romantically or sexually involved with each other okay what do you think about that uh triad uh, or throuple is a relationship between three partners who are all romantically and sexually involved with each other a quad is a relationship between four partners who are romantically sexually or sexually uh, connected with each other this could be two primary couples um, connecting or adding another partner to the triad Uh, number four is hierarchical polyamory uh, is a relationship that places more importance on one relationship over other relationships in the polycule a primary partner is often the person that they are married to share finances with or lives with primary partners will prioritize each other when making decisions and commitments and the non-hierarchical polyamorous relationship will look like um not prioritizing any of the members of the relationship other over each other each person's relationship with each other will be unique will still be unique but none are prioritized over the others everyone in the relationship works together to make big choices kind of like a (laughs) co-op and then solely solo polyamory or sopo um you are your own primary partner a solo polyamorous prioritizes their own needs and isn't obligated to their partners when making decisions they they may want to be free a free agent of life or they may be prioritizing themselves during a time when it's difficult to prioritize relationships such as raising children or focusing on their career okay and so something i also do want to add is like i think it's really important to soul search before you figure out if you want to do polyamory or you know what type of uh you know what type of polyamorous relationship you would seek out however the more knowledge that you have on yourself, the better you can uh, make a well-informed decision on how you can enter a relationship, especially if you're in a relationship and you enter a relationship like a triad with two people who have already been there. Maybe they're married and you come in to the relationship or all three of you start the relationship together, which is I haven't heard of that happening in a while, like, you know, and without someone leaving and then someone else coming in. Um, or two two couples getting together and making a quad um, and things like that. I think it's important to know your capacity, your traumas, what you're working on, and things like that. When it comes to solo polyamory, I can only imagine that. Here's what I'm going to say. I speak a lot about freedom because of my own traumas, right? And my own experience with um, 
big people in my life, authority um, in my own, like my the, my blood and DNA, you know, and my history and my past and all that other stuff, my ancestors, all the stuff, right? I am as aware of these things as I possibly can be. So, and, and I, I like to, and I'm a, I'm a creative, I'm an artist. I like to travel and do what I want to do when I want to do it, right? And so I would rather know that about myself before I connect with someone who has children or wants children, wants to raise children and be in multiple relationships with people and, you know, be stationary and stay in a specific state, you know, like, or stuff like that, right? Be upfront, tell people who you are and believe them when they tell you and move through the world with that informed information and put people in those places in your life where you can have an honest relationship with them. Okay. So in the, in the, the, also, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the literature that I've read about polyamory, common rules that, and y'all know I don't like the word rules, and I've said it multiple times, uh, but guidelines, right? The <laughs> common guidelines I learned from multiple different sources were do not start a polyamorous relationship because you think someone will not accept all of you, okay? So if you think that if you if you have some stuff that's going on within yourself or you might not be as secure in your appearance or, you know, like... You, you don't feel like you make enough money or that you don't have higher education or whatever it is. Um, whatever it is. I don't know whatever it is. Don't get into a relationship with multiple people because you feel like one person wouldn't accept all of you. That is a, that is not a don't do it. Do some soul searching. Talk to somebody first. OK, get a grasp on it. And like it's a journey. Right. But you have to accept yourself first flaws and all you know what I'm saying then you will attract and be attracted to the right like-minded people and trust me they exist I do believe that the the people for you exist whoever is listening to this um you know and that's how I feel about myself too my people exist they do I they're in my life you know like the people who are for me they're perfect for me and I'm perfect for them because I'm I'm I show up authentically and they accept me and I accept them and we move through the world as such you know like with self-awareness right so and I say this at 30 okay (laughs) I'm 30 years old and the tribe that's in my life right now, we rocking. They're my niggas and we doing it. We doing it. We getting it done. You feel what I'm saying? Um, so be you. You know what I'm saying? And uh, this this podcast is a huge, is a huge, huge step for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I grew up in a really Christian environment and uh, two, two and a half years ago, I'm sure you guys can hear it in the way that I talk about things then and with the way that I talk about them now the type of language and the type of doctrine that you know and and ideas ideology that i believed it was still like i was still like deconstructing and getting it out of me you know what i'm saying but that wasn't who i was but i was still attracting people um from that lens because i still believed well it whether i believe those things or not they were heavily ingrained in me and they probably still are in certain ways but the people in my life now know that about me right and so they know like the people that i uh, um have around me we are on a journey all of us everybody in my life we're all on a journey and they remind me of that I remind them of that and I'm like we doing life together we in this bitch you know what I'm saying so they're out there I promise you go find them drop the zeros and find you some heroes okay (laughs) also if you are currently in a relationship or marriage, uh, don't open your relationship to poly as an option to save the relationship or marriage. Now, I have every every book, every article, every conversation I have ever had. People always say that. Don't do it. If the relationship ain't working out, go get counseling. Okay. And or end it. Mm hmm. Okay. <laughs> polyamory is a love style it's a culture it's a community and there are boundaries and education and ethics and if you are not poly before the relationship you will not magically turn poly i personally believe polyamory is a genuine heart posture when done correctly i feel like people genuinely are born to love multiple people like that's just you know it, it's not a large amount of people and who knows like maybe the conditioning that we have um, being conditioned to believe in the birth of this nation and the, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
maybe that deconstruction it was a video i put on our instagram feed a while ago the deconstruction of gender binary and sexuality maybe maybe it just we just need a you know a few more decades for people to do that deconstructive work for us to really figure out what love really is and what it really looks like in a romantic sense and who who and how many people you can actually love you know uh, which leads me to that next point if you are monogamous you will not love your poly partner into monogamy and if you are polyamorous you will not love your m- m- monogamous partner into poly okay i've seen it i've heard it i've never tried it <laughs> and i'm not going to i don't got enough energy and a bitch is always trying to i'm still trying to manage my own depression okay i ain't about to think i i can't change nobody and neither can you. Don't try it. And if you're trying it right now, stop what you're doing. Stop. It's probably why you're feeling depressed now. Because they're not doing what you want them to do. Because you ain't loving them for who they really are. And who knows? Maybe you don't even really love them. Maybe you like, hey, we've been fucking around for two years. And uh, that's a long time. And I don't want to waste my fucking time. I don't want to just throw my time away. No, it's not a waste of time. You have an experience. That's experience under your belt. Take that and rewind it back. Lil John got the beat to make your booty go. <laughs> but yeah, if you've been in a long-term relationship with for someone for a few years or even a decade, it's not a waste of time, okay? It, you will only be wasting your time if you stay and you are uh, unhappy for another day. If you spend another day unhappy, you are wasting your time, sweetie. Ain't no, you did not waste your time because you did what you thought was appropriate. You did the best that you could with what you had for that time. Now you know something else. So now you have to make a choice. And if you keep making a choice that doesn't make you happy, you're wasting your time. Okay? So, okay? So I just want to share that. Don't think that you can love somebody into anything. Poly people, the monogamous people, leave them alone. And monogamous people, leave them poly people alone. If you don't have the heart to love multiple people at once, just leave them alone. Because they, 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 will, they will hurt you. It might not be on purpose. It's a love style. Or educate yourself. You know what I'm saying? Can a monogamous person be in a, a healthy relationship with a polyamorous person? I don't know. I don't know. Long term, and it be healthy? I don't know. But yeah, I'm not saying it's it's completely, I'm not saying that it's completely like undoable. I don't know. I, I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't heard of it. And who knows? I might, I might, after I say it, I'll put it out into the universe. I'm gonna find out something. Okay, so my research about polyamory over the last two and a half years has really transformed me in the way that I handle all relationships in my life. Like I've said multiple times. It has taught me different ways to love others, patience, communication styles, and how to respect myself. Polyamory has challenged and improved my confidence tremendously. I never would have thought, okay? Never would have thought, but the research, I, I'm a different nigga because of it, okay? So also, a polyamory is not just about sex. It's about all the many things that I've shared, plus more. It's not include or limited to giving people the option to follow through and be who they are knowing your boundaries advocating for yourself and building relationships building an ecosystem okay having enough respect for yourself and others to be in healthy relationships okay it's about a lot of different things for some people it's about community resource group sex not just sex alone okay love i do think that they're like I do think that I've met some really amazing people in my life and the way that they love so many people so well and me be a participant in that love. I'm like, damn, they love me so well and I love them so much. And I'm a lover of people and the people in their life that I want them. I want the people in their life to experience this love that I feel. And so I think that they're really great at loving multiple people. And I want I want that for them. Now, these people in particular that I'm thinking of, 
we're not sexually involved. We're not romantic partners. But I do think that people who are good at loving multiple people are probably at heart. Is it romantic? Is it platonic? I don't know. It's up to them to decide. But that's what I believe because of the beautiful encounters with uh, great lovers that I've had. Non-romantic, non-sexual lovers. Okay. Um, I want to encourage people to protect their mental health on this pursuit. Okay. Each encounter that I had with these instances, I became more and more clear about what I need, desire, and what I'm willing to negotiate. And I took time to reflect and document my own thoughts and feelings about the process. Like I said, I sought I saw professional help. I have a therapist, an ecosystem, coping skills, rituals, all the things that I encourage all of you to have. Right? And get, give yourself time to respond versus react in these situations. If you want... If you want to see, if you are single right now and you've been healing, you want to see how much you healed, get it to a relationship. <laughs> get it to a relationship. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. However, it is, it is, it is very powerful. You get to see what you're made of when you are in these really emotional, intimate situations. But I've learned how to respond versus react. And I feel like that's what's improved all of my relationships, my relationships with myself from the outside in. I mean, inside out, excuse me, from the inside out um, to all the relationships in my life. Okay, I'm able to come through the details process and respond. Mm -hmm. How about you? What do you think about this? Are you interested in polyamory? Are you in a polyamorous relationship and need some reevaluating? Let's let's talk about it. Okay. Uh yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. So that concludes my time. I'm your host Sunny. And I'm so grateful to have had these conversations with you. And I really hope that if you listen to this, if you listen to this podcast, I hope you found what you were looking for. And if you didn't, I hope it encouraged you to go look for what you're you're looking for because it's out there. And I believe it, you know, just keep healing, keep growing, keep seeking help. Um, it's out there. This world is too big. Ain't nothing new under the sun. You ain't crazy. Okay. Find the support that you need and uh, prioritize yourself, okay? Uh, I hope you take good care of yourself. In the meantime, keep in touch. Like I said, keep supporting the sex talk, liking and engaging with our posts. If, if you want to support us monetarily via Cash App or Venmo, our Cash App and Venmo is E-L-L-T-E-E-S-U-N-N-I-E. And if you want to send a monetary gift another way, reach out the sex talk tv at gmail.com you know how we do okay take good care of yourself all right bye